Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Ready to Mosh. I'm Kev P and alongside me is the butthead to my Beavis. It's Gem G. Hello. <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? No. So today we've got a double guest interview for you. We've got Shane from Arguer and Carl from Religion of Tomorrow. Unfortunately, I was unwell at the time of the interview, so Kev had a solo chat with them about the history of both bands and their upcoming gig that they've got supporting Anchor Lane. Right, it's another guest interview this week, and we have Shane from Arguer and Carl from Religion of Tomorrow. How are you doing, guys? I'm good, good man, thank how you? you? Yeah, I'm good as well. Excellent. So you've got uh, quite a very, very decent uh, gig coming up soon. We do indeed. Early July. Yep, 1st of July. July. I hope it's the 1st of July, that's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I'm, I'm a bit bad with dates, but yeah, I think yeah, it's around 1st of July at the uh, Solway in Whitehaven. What's yeah, and it's uh, a great opportunity for people to see you guys supporting Anchor Lane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Sorry, <Carl. laughs> this is going to happen a lot, I would say. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, I, I actually uh, saw Anchor Lane that I download a few years back as well, so... It's good to share the stage with them. I'm not really familiar with them until Amy, who put it on, sort of put me onto them. And uh, but I'd never really heard of them before. But they're they're pretty good. So I'm looking forward. Uh, to so when when you saw them, Cole, was that in the dog tooth stage? I think so. It's a few years back now, so I forget quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if it's the year I'm thinking, I think I was in the tent as well. I think I was right oh, around the front for yeah. that. So small <laughs> world. Yeah, it's uh well. Download, uh, download veteran. I'm afraid. <laughs> As am I. Are you going this year? Yes. Yep. Going this year. Got got my uh, got my RIP ticket sorted as soon as they went on sale. Nice one. Camper van for me because it's closer to the arena. <laughs> oh, that, that's the dream. That's the dream one. <laughs> <laughs> we just rent one. That's the way to do it. Oh, so I suppose kind of for both of you. Um, I don't know who wants to go first. So should we start with you, Shane? So kind of like how how and when did the band begin? Um, yeah, we started in lockdown, really. Um, me and Adam, who's the other guy in the band who plays drums, we were jamming together in another band. I was filling in for on bass in their other band, and uh, we had a few shows lined up and stuff like that. And then COVID happened. We played one show, and then COVID happened. Um, but me and Adam just kind of decided to keep going, sort of a bit naughty, but you know, there was only the two of us in the room and we were socially distanced and we were doing tests and things like that. So I just kept going through um, and I had a couple of songs here and there and we just sort of knocked them up between the two of us. And then as soon as we were able to, we got in studio and recorded them. And that was the start of it. Okay, cool. And Cole, Religion of Tomorrow have been around quite a while. Yeah, um, longer than we probably care to admit, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a little bit of a yeah, long time. I think we uh, we started back in 2011, just a few members from different bands coming together. And um, it was actually the first band that I'd really properly committed to, been like dabbling with bits and pieces here and there. Um, but uh, met up with Jordan and uh, Richard, who I was working with at the time. Jordan's a guitarist, Richard the bassist. And uh, we had a different drummer back then. Since then, I think we've had three, four drummers. So there's the three of us that kind of uh, like stuck it out through the years. And um, now we've had our current drummer now for about four years, but uh, t- two of those has obviously been through COVID time. So you don't, you don't really do much in that, but yeah, we've been around a long time. I think uh, our music's probably got 
better as things have gone on. We've uh, learned a lot more in songwriting and things like that, and um, probably just more gelling together. To be honest, yeah, it's 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 been fun. It's had its ups and downs. Uh, we did have a hiatus for a while. We, we when we lost, uh, I think we had a bit of a split up with one of the with the drummers, and then we tried to carry on without a drummer, which I can safely say is a bad idea. We tried to <laughs> <laughs> we tried to play gigs with um, with like a back and back and drum track that we we wrote ourselves and with the help of uh, Dave Roberts who works around here. And in some venues, it worked. It seemed to it seemed to the sound worked and in other venues such as festivals and things like that, it did, really didn't work because it just, some things just weren't set up for it to have like that kind of audio track on. And um, yeah, the weirdest part was seeing a band playing with drums with no drummer there. <laughs> so this aesthetic didn't look right at all. Um, so I suppose go back to you again, Shane, what's kind of your influences uh, music wise, you know, kind of as a, as a relatively new band, well, I mean, me and Adam, we've been play- we've played in bands for years and things like that, but I just found myself in a place where I wasn't doing anything, so that's when Argue sort of came out of lockdown. But as for influences, um, I mean, my favourite band is Deftones. I like the sort of, you know, really heavy side and then the really soft side and all the stuff in between, you know, the, the melodic stuff. So, but, I mean, I, I, I listen to a lot of them, like, the nineteen seventy five is one of my favourite bands, like pop music. Um well so kind of everything. Adam's more your sort of punk start sort of like um, you know, alkaline trio sort of that sort of vibe. So it's kind of a big mix of stuff really. And just a just a complete combination of things. Yeah, I would say so, but you know, I guess every band says <laughs> that. Maybe. Well you'd you'd be surprised that the the range of kind of things that we've heard before um and you'll hear names just kind of come out of nowhere or bands that you've never even heard of and it's it's so it's always good to kind of know what what people really kind of get into and what their um what their influences um cole what about you guys um we're gonna go cliche again and just say it is a proper mix so um richard richard's a little bit older than the rest of us so he was um like Alice in chains deftones again um anything that kind of grungy era myself i, I like all the deftones and pearl jam and all that kind of thing same as richard but i i kind of like more like um the, the more modern things like uh i don't know if maybe you've heard of like nothing more and yep. uh Beartooth and all those those kind of bands like that. Jordan's a bit more classic but modern, more like a like an older bridge and things like that. And Sam, he's not really into music to be honest. He just likes to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange one. We've asked him this question before ourselves, and he just he said, um, "I don't know, don't know, don't know what kind of music we're into." But yeah, it all just it comes together, and um, our music tends to be a combination of none of those. It's just. We we don't write trying to aim for a particular style. It just always comes out the way it comes out. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Not trying to sound like anyone or use any influences or anything like that. It just it just what naturally comes in the practice room. So, what's the uh, songwriting process for both of you guys? Is it are they joint kind of uh, things, or are they is the one person sort of like behind everything? Well, for us, because we're predominantly just a two piece. Um, so I'll take pretty much a full song to the practice room and then we'll hash it out between us. 
uh, he plays drums, I play the guitar and sing. And then we just sort of knock it together that way. And then when it comes to recording it, I just sort of come up with lead guitars and bit like write the bass and things and do it that way. But because originally when we first started, it wasn't really going to, we weren't going to play live or anything. It was just going to be like, you know, maybe a studio project or something to do. And then Adam kind of convinced me, he's like, you know, the song's really good. We should play live. Um, then obviously we had to get people in to do all the parts that had been recorded. So we put out two EPs and they're pretty much just me and Adam. But we're writing a couple of new ones now with the guys that are in the live band. So we're sort of doing it a bit more, you know, traditionally, all four of us in a room. But it normally stems from, I'll pretty much write a full song at home before I take it in. And then we just sort of hash it out together in the room, you know, change party. And, uh, so that's normally how it works for us. Um, for us, we've, we've done it several different ways. The uh, same way that Shame was talking about there. I've wrote um, the basis for a full song on myself, just writing it acoustically, sending it to the band, and it gets developed that way. Richard's done the same as well. The bassist, he's, he's wrote songs, and then they get taken to the practice room and developed. But more often than not, we'll be in the practice room in Jordan, the lead guitarist, he'll come up with um, he'll come up with something, some kind of riff that develops into something else, and it's kind of it's one of those things that you just keep going, yes, no, yes, no, until everyone's happy with it, and then try and turn that into a full song. After we've finished all that bit, we'll we'll record it just roughly on the phone or something like that in the practice room, and I'll go away and have a little drive in my car every, on the way to work and things like that and start trying to come up with melodies. Melodies tend to be easier than trying to get all the lyrics to fit all the bits and pieces. And then I'll go back to the practice room, try those lyrics. Someone will tell me that it doesn't work. Someone will tell me that it does or something like that. And eventually we end up with a full song. It usually takes a while. We're not, we're not one of these bands that are really find songwriting, songwriting to come quickly. <laughs> we, we have this um, just... It, either a disagreement on how things work or we'll get a song completely finished and then it'll just get thrown in the bin. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start again. Yeah, we've, pr- we've probably got more songs that have been, like full songs that have been thrown in the bin than we have actual songs that we've all been happy with. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some quickfire questions. So these are just a series of questions don't kind of give too much thought to them, just whatever kind of pops into your head. So I don't know who wants to go first. Go on, so... Shane. <laughs> go first, I'm scared. Okay, Shane. So what was the first album you owned? Ooh, um, it was the Slim Shady LP by Eminem. Okay, that's, a, that's, quite, that's, that's one we've not had before. That's interesting. Were you a big fan? Um, I was. I was, yeah. I still, I still do love the first couple of albums, um, but it was the censored version, so it took out all the swear <laughs> I didn't, words. I didn't, know I didn't know they'd released a kind of annoying. That. Yeah, I got it in Woolworths. I, yeah, I, 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 that, I do. Uh, shop. Yeah, to get the censored one, so that was a bit good. But it's a great record. And cause, yeah, I remember I bought um, my first like uh, single was a, a, a vinyl of Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff, Dizzy, but. First CD I can remember. I think it, I think it was probably um, Guns and Guns and Roses. Use your illusion. I think it was yeah. like ninety one. I'm guessing. Right. Shh. <laughs> 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 
Well, yeah. if, it, if it makes you feel any better, the first album I ever got was um, Appetite for Destruction. So that kind of gives you an, an age an age thing for me too. Yeah, I think it was Usual Illusion 2 I got first as well. I think I prefer that one still. I, I'm pretty sure that was the number one album of the week it was released and number one was number two. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what would be your ideal death row meal? So you get a starter, a main, a dessert, and a drink. Oh, hell. Um, I'm not huge on starters, so I'd maybe just go for soup. Pretty basic. And some nice breads and things, you know. Um, for a main, it's probably going to be just a really banging Sunday roast or a uh, or full English breakfast. I guess it depends what time of the day I'm uh, <laughs> getting served. But yeah, I think that, that would be my main dessert. Maybe some kind of sort of warm cookie type thing, you know, with maybe a bit of ice cream and yeah, go for that. Okay, what what would you drink? Uh, the drink, probably just a re- ice cold lemonade. Mm-hmm. Interesting choices. I don't think we've ever had a full English or a Sunday roast before. That's oh, you. you I, I like how you've kind of covered two sort of times a day as well there. Yeah. And Cole, what would you go for? That I'd probably have something, um, something probably like scallops or king prawns with chili and garlic, something along those lines. Um, something seafoody. Main, I think my main, my all-time favorite main is filetta rossini, which is like um, it's a fillet steak in like a red wine sauce with on a on a base of some kind of bread thing with uh, pate in the middle, and have that medium rare. That'd be that'd definitely have that dessert, probably like a chocolate fudge brownie with some ice cream or something like that, and drink probably just a cold full-fat coke. <laughs> <laughs> I know people are probably going to go for alcoholic drinks here, but I think just a proper good old fashioned Coke would do it. Yeah, I was thinking that. I think <laughs> it'd be you, you made me. You made me sound really basic there. Thanks, Carl. I actually thought you might have gone for a bottle of red with the steak and the chocolate as well. Yeah, yeah, that probably would have paired better. Coke's on, <laughs> it's on the right lines, isn't it? Coke goes as everything. As long as it's full fat Coke and not Coke Zero. Yeah. No, it's pointless to me. So. What was the first gig that you saw live? Um, for me, I mean, there was probably some local bands, some really ropey ones. Um, the first proper gig I went to was actually Deftones in 2003. I've still got the ticket as well. But, uh, yeah, I went with my couple of friends from school. They were touring their self-titled album. Um, and they were supported by In. Yeah, I remember in me. I can remember them. They did. They played in the Pacific Islands. Yeah. Where we're gonna play, yeah. I did that. Nice, <laughs> full circle. But uh, yeah, that was in Manchester Apollo, and my dad drove me and my friends down and back again the same night. I don't know what he did <laughs> while I was in the gig, but that was my first proper that's show. A, that's a very good first show. Very good first. Yeah, show. yeah, not bad. Mine may have been uh, thinking back to when it was. It'll have been in. Probably in Whitehaven Civic Hall, in Solway Hall, where we're going to play. It could have been Ash. Uh, it was back when they were actually putting, they put like really big acts on. So there was Ash, there was Weetness in me, and all all the kind of bands that people were into at the time, and they, they were getting them in there. It was a uh, different time, like, but yeah, probably late 90s, I would imagine Ash, I think. Um, was that the, just uh, 
Yes, Sorry, go on. No, go on. And just after that, I went. To, I did my first Leeds Festival. Um, that was about two thousand and two. That was that was a good gig. I remember seeing Slipknot on during the day when they were just playing like just the main stage, but like probably about two in two in the afternoon. And uh, who else was on Guns and Roses? But not the full Guns and Roses. The other one. There was um, who else was on Prodigy, Offspring. It was a, it was a good setup back then. It's completely different to the Leeds now. Yeah, we've talked about the uh, Leeds Festival and how it's gone. I think the last one we went to was 2016. And that was, I think for me, that was kind of like the last really good lineup. I don't know, I don't know what's happened to it since. But I don't know. I probably know about five or six bands off this year's lineup. Maybe it's just me having a different music taste <laughs> or getting older. I don't know. But... Yeah, I saw the poster and I don't think I recognized any <laughs> single band on it. I didn't know any of the headliners. It's crazy. Yeah, it's changed a hell of a lot from what it used to be. You know, a place where you could have seen Nirvana, Rage Against Machine, and now, well... I'm going to get it I'm going to see who's headlining this. I won't go off on my Leeds Festival ramp, because I do start kicking off about that. Yeah, so this year you've got Sam Fender, Billie Eilish and the Killers in 2000. But they're just a headliner, so... When I went in 2002, the yeah. headliners were Guns N' Roses, The Strokes, Foo Fighters, Muse, Ash, Prodigy, Offspring, Pulp. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just it. That's a different level, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next question. What are your favourite crisps? Oh, bloody hell, you don't answer these questions. <laughs> no, um... mind, no mind, I'll go first. It, they don't make them anymore, though. No. They were Brannigan's um, Beef and Mustard crisps. They were fantastic, and then for some reason they just disappeared. So I don't think I've ever back. had those. Oh, they were great. <laughs> really strong. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, maybe something like, um, you know, it's like a really thick one, like a just a big meaty McCoy's or something, like beef McCoy's or something, you know. Sure, <laughs> manly I am. Eat, eat you you can't go wrong with the McCoy's. I, I love the McCoy's. They feel like a real crisp still. Yeah. Yeah. If you can Sorry. throw some cheese and some salsa and guacamole and all that over the top of it, then it'll go with tortilla. With <laughs> <laughs> all the trimmings. Oh, definitely. So, if you had a dream tour lineup and you get to include yourselves, who would be on it? Oh, um, it's another tough one, really. Um, I'd maybe put the Cure on there if I can choose <laughs> the set list because they've got some rubbish songs. I'd maybe have them headlining. Um, no, actually, I'd have there's a band called Sigur Ross from Iceland. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Sigur Ross. Yeah, I'd have them have. Have you seen them live? Unfortunately, no yeah, real. they've always escaped me. Oh, they're so good. So I'd probably have them headlining because it's a nice late night thing. But I'd have the Cure on there. I'd have Deftones on there, obviously, and then I'd have Religion of Tomorrow on there. Ah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely tie-in. <laughs> Thank you. Obviously going to return the favour there. We'll do a joint, we'll do a joint opening. Um, I honestly don't. Do you know who I've no, never seen before? So I'll probably be just putting them on so I can I can watch them. Pearl Jam. I've never seen them, so I'd have them up at the top of the build. Do you know what? I'd probably have Deftones on as well because Pearl Jam and Deftones together would be, uh, that'd be something special. And then a bit further down, I think you'd have to, you have to go a bit lower, don't you? So I would say someone like um, if you've heard of Bad Flower, they're, they're quite good. They're, they're 
They're a pretty good one. Yeah, do, do like Bad Flower. I've seen them a couple of times now, I think. Two, three times. Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Very good live. Very, very, yeah. Great front man. He was uh, fantastic at download when we seen them there. That's uh, two pretty solid tours. I think you could combine both of those and uh, we we should make that happen. <laughs> yeah, just give him a ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your pre-gig ritual? Oh, I don't think I've got one, really. Um, I don't do vocal warm-ups, which is probably evident if you come and see <laughs> us live. Um, just a beer. Yeah. And... You know, not too many, just one, maybe two. Well, one before, one on stage. And, you know, just hanging out with the band or if there's friends there or whatever, just hanging out and chilling out, I suppose. Um, I don't really have any sort of rituals, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I'd probably go with the same as Shane. We, uh, I don't think we've, we've played, we haven't played like uh, the Apollo or we haven't played like Wembley or anything like that. So we don't get all these green room pl- places to go and request all our brown M&Ms or anything like that. So <laughs> our pre-gig ritual is probably the same, just a pint to uh, to, to easy in and then a bit of a crack with friends. We played at the Brickyard not so long back and they gave us a room upstairs, but they've got this walkway now that comes from the top and it goes right over the top of the Brickyard and then you come down on stage. So that felt a bit... Felt a bit special that, and yeah, we, we we didn't have a ritual or anything like that. But I did notice that our guitarist was doing press ups before we went on stage. And we, I, I walked in, and I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> so yeah, feel free to take the mick out of him when we're playing on July the first. Okay, if you could be a biscuit, what biscuit would you be? I'll probably, I'll probably just go for like um, a cookie, simple. Effective. <laughs> I like a good cookie. Preferably one with like you know chocolate, yeah. on, like a posh one, Fox's one. Yeah. Do you know what I was just about to go in that same in that same area though, like a chocolate covered hobnob, good sturdy biscuit, but with a good, good bit <laughs> nice. of chocolate. Mm. My my go to festival biscuit is a chocolate hobnob. <laughs> oh, there you go. You, you, you can't beat them. <laughs> I snack snack on those while I'm in the tent. Yeah, it's almost a hearty breakfast. It is, yeah. <laughs> okay, final quick fire question. What was the last song that you listened to? I haven't listened to any music today, but um, I went to see a band last night called Dayseeker, so probably something by them. But the last sort of full album I listened to, I listened to um, The Blackest Beautiful by a band called Let Live. Um, they broke up now, but I was listening to a podcast and the lead singer was on it. And I just sort of thought, I haven't listened to Let Live in a while. So I threw that on. Um, and that was probably yesterday. So I'll go for Let Live. And the last one I listened to, I just had to go on my Spotify to try and figure out what it was. And it was Glitch by Parkway Drive. Ah, so that's, okay. that's the last one I've listened to. <laughs> Apart from, you know, just before that, I was listening to our own song, the new one that we've just wrote, trying to figure out lyrics to it. And I hate it because I put it on in the car and you just like, it's the worst quality recording, and you're going to try and sing over the top of it. And, you, and people are looking at you, go, "What's that guy doing?" <laughs> but yeah, the last actual song was "Glitch" by Parkway Drive. Okay, interesting choices. Um, mm. I have to say, this is not what I was expecting. So I think I'll give you this one first, Carl. 
what track would you recommend someone to listen to from Religion of Tomorrow? Um, well, if they if they'd never heard us before, or yeah, uh, um, the one I like most is, and I don't know whether this comes down to it being one of the fairly new ones. Um, is a song called Human. It's fairly slow, uh, but it still packs a bit of a punch, and I enjoyed writing it. I enjoyed playing it. Um, so hopefully anyone listening to it gets the same enjoyment. I was actually listening to that earlier. That's actually um, my favourite off the album. Oh, <laughs> right. So I'd, it, if you go into the Spotify one, we've still got the old, the old, old stuff, and that's the stuff that we recorded without a drummer. So you can hear the program uh, drums and things like that. You lose a lot of um, there's there's a lot of like passion in drumming. And if you yeah. program drums, it's not the same. You don't get the same feel of the song. Whereas Human's one of the more recent ones that we, we do have a drummer on. And, yeah, enjoy that one. And Shane? Um, well, we've only got eight songs because we've only released uh, two EPs. But I'd say for me, it'd probably be Tidal, which is the first song on our latest EP. It's not my favourite song, but it's it sort of starts off a bit rocking and then it mellows out in the verse and it's it's kind of encapsulates everything that we're Mm. trying to achieve you know and it's got um you know the odd little weird time signature bit here and there and then it sort of builds up at the end you know like a big build up and a sort of epic ending which it's got so it's kind of got everything in that one song so i'd go on spotify now to go and check that out Nice yeah, I do, I do like that one. I also <laughs> like Teeth as well. Yeah, Teeth's a good one. Um, I mean, I love them all. So, But if I had to choose one, it's just kind of got, as I say, a bit of everything in it, you know. Um, okay. So, yeah, go for that one. Excellent. So, obviously, you've got the EP, and, Carl, you've got the last album. So Yeah, I think just class as an EP, last <clears throat> album, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yes, I do actually have it wrote down that it's an EP on my notes. <laughs> it's, 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 the way, it's the way that I've structured my notes. It's not very well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best way for bands to do it now, especially <laughs> bands that aren't getting paid for by a label or anything like that. EPs are the way to go, small bite-sized bits to, to, to put out. I think if uh, if you put out full albums, a lot of the songs tend to get lost because that's not how people listen to things anymore, is it? It's straight on Spotify and make their own playlist. They don't listen to a full album. And is that a structure that both of you guys will be doing, do you think, about just going for EPs now? I hope I haven't just... <laughs> I don't know if you're in the middle of doing an album shit now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're... Um, I mean, as I said, when we first started and it was just a sort of studio project, I was just up for doing sort of singles and things like that and just sort of putting them out when they were done. Um but then we started working with this really like a small label called Real Ghost Records. So we had to sort of bunch the songs together to make EPs for that. But going forward, we're recording in June and we've just got two songs. So I think we're just going to put singles out because we've toyed with, you know, combining the EPs and making an album. But it's like Carl says, like, it's just more songs for people to ignore, you know, put listening to a full album. Um, so, yeah, I think we're just going to go the single route um, for the yeah, the foreseeable. I think that's what we're doing from now on as well. Yeah, it, it was a combination of songs yeah. that we've had over the past few years, and we've got two more songs that we're going to go in and record soon. And same, two singles, just releasing one after the other. Yeah, I, I've noticed that unless you're 
you know, kind of enter Shikari Metallica kind of sized bands. Mm-hmm. The way forward seems does seem to be that everybody is putting out kind of sing either singles or an EP. And I, I think you're right. The way that people have listened to music now has completely changed from like 10, 20 years ago. I think the aim now is just to put out a, a catchy song and it, you know, it gets put on a playlist. Yeah. And then, like, when we put, we put out, I think it was a, our first single we put out and it got added to a playlist, a couple of playlists. Um, and our players went like through the roof and then it must have got taken off because they started, you know, our listeners went down. But, um, you know, I think, do people even know what they're listening to, or are they just hit and play? And they might be enjoying the song, but are they? Do they even know what band it is that they're listening yeah. to? You know, I, I, myself, I've had playlists on before and things like that, and you just let them filter through, through and through. Then every now and again, one will come on, yeah. and you'll be like, "Oh, who's this?" So you've just got to hope you're the, that this band. Is, who's this? <laughs> you don't know who's this. Yeah. <laughs> so for the uh, the upcoming gig, then um, I assume. Uh, Shane, you guys will be playing uh, stuff from the last couple of EPs. Uh, are you trying any of the newest stuff that you were talking about, or are you sticking to those? Um, yeah, we've been because we've only got the two EPs. We've only got eight songs, you know, released. Um, the gigs we've done up until we haven't played a hell of a lot of gigs. Um, we've basically just been playing the EPs in full. That's like eight, you know, eight songs. But um, the last few gigs we've had. We've sort of dropped one of the EP songs, and then we're playing the two. We're playing the two new ones now, so we'll be playing those at the gig. Um, I mean, they'll be recorded by the time the gig arrives because we're recording at the end of June. But yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the songs benefit a lot from playing them live because you, you know, you try different stuff when you're singing them, and you know, they kind of um, it gives them chance to build more. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? It's uh, so yeah. We'll be playing. The, we're playing I've, the new. I've ones recorded ones, songs sure. before the way you wrote them, and now you listen back to them and you think, "Oh, I've got to play that so much differently now live because you've you've tried new things and they've yeah. built, and you you prefer the way they are now." But then you listen back and you're like, ah, "We should have done that then." It's especially vocally for me. Um, you know, if we're playing a song and I'll I'll go mm. for a different note or something, maybe something higher or a bit some like, and I'm like, oh, I really wish that was in there. And in my mind, because I don't go back and listen to our stuff that often. You know, in my mind, it is that way. But then you <laughs> listen to it and you're like, oh, I'm doing that totally different now. But, you know, it's what it is. When you try the, when when both of you guys are trialing new stuff, do you find that the songs actually evolve potentially before you actually get them down and get them recorded? Um, they do, yeah, to, to some extent. But I think it just, it's one of those, it's hard to explain. It's They do evolve before you get them recorded. But then after you've recorded them and you play them live a lot more, they tend to that's when they tend to take on a new a new shape. I think maybe it's comfort. We do you, you get really comfort comfortable with playing that song. So you, you you've you've gone past learning it now and you just experiment with it a bit more. Mm-hmm. I'd say yeah, definitely. Um as I say, the the two new ones that we're playing at the moment after one of our gigs or, or a practice that we recorded or whatever, I was listening back to it and I was just like, it's, not, it's just missing something. So then I just like went back and taught, like wrote a completely new intro for it and things like that. You just, yeah, like feel like given the, you know, having the time to, to play them live or just practice them over and over again, it can only be beneficial really to the, when it comes to recording them, um, you know, and I sometimes do little sort of home demos of, very 
new to garage band um so i've been attempting to sort of demo stuff on there um and that's good for you know as i say because it's just the two of us figuring out what i'm going to record on the lead guitar or the bass and stuff like that and figuring out harmonies and stuff it's so when i go into the studio i already sort of know hopefully exactly what i'm going to be doing we've done the same doing it i think we did it on reaper or something like that and then we get this but we found it it hindered us sometimes more more than it helped us It, it helped us in terms of getting the song to where you want it to be and like you say, harmonies and adding extra bits of guitar that you can take into the studio and record properly. But you've listened to that one that many times that when you do get your full recording, like you're from a proper professional who's, who's recording it, you think, oh, no, that doesn't sound, it doesn't have the, the rawness of the other one that made it sound good. And then you, you start thinking, well, demo was better or was this better? This sounds more polished or you just fight on with yourself. <laughs> Could just release the... Um... All the demos yeah. the mobile phone, as a little, just put them out as alternative yeah. versions. If it were popular in one of these big Metallica bands, fans would love it. <laughs> yeah, people would laugh that up if Metallica yeah. did it. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of worked for Nine Inch Nails, didn't it, with the, uh, they had broken and fixed as different yeah. EPs that were kind of remastered and reworked in different ways. Uh, they're sort of like uh, yeah. remix albums, weren't they? Uh, the fixed one was like a remix album or something like that. Yeah. Not quite Nine Inch Nails yet. <laughs> You know, you never know. You never know. Yeah, never um, know. So you guys have got the gig at Solway Hall in Whitehaven, first July, supporting Anchor Lane. Is there anything else coming up for either of you? We we did have one in June, uh, the Twisted Tongue in Whitehaven, but I'm not sure what's happening with with that. I think it's it's changing hands. So we're not. Sure. I think the gigs might all be getting knocked on the head for now. Unsure. We'll find out. So it's, it's, it's a Sorry, shame man. because uh, it's quite a, a nice little venue in Whitehaven. If you want to play like a small venue, they can pack a lot of people in. Not like the, the Solway, it's like a bigger venue for these kind of things. But Whitehaven didn't have one for quite a long time. And then this came along and now it might be going away. It's a bit a shame because the, the music scene around here needs venues like that. I feel like the music scene around here is just kind of almost non-existent at the moment. I don't know if that's just me, but there used to be tons yeah. of bands and as you say, Carl, like little venues and things like that. And I don't know whether it's just me, but it just doesn't feel like a little trendy bars now, little wine bars and that. Uh, as for gigs for us, we just played a couple over the weekend, just gone, played one in Carlisle and one in Preston with a, a band from Preston called uh, Building Giants. We were really, really good. Um, I think we're playing in the Brickyard in Carlisle next month. That's like a sort of pop punk night. So I'm not sure why we're doing it. Um, And then we've got, there's a new festival that's happening, I think it's in Carlisle or just outside of Carlisle, called Wild on the Wall. I think that's just like a new thing. It's just started this year. It's a three-day festival with camping, playing that as well. And I think that's about it for us. When's that? When's the Wild on the Wall? It's in August at some point. It might be like Leeds weekend yeah. or something like that, but I'm not sure. I think it's near the end of August. Um, yeah, I think we, we didn't ourselves in with August yeah. gigs because we've all all taken holidays with school holidays and things like that, so we're forced to take our, our summer holidays in that period, and <laughs> yeah, that messes things up a bit. The dream is to get on Kendall Calling. Really, I've never, I've never, I've never even been to Kendall Calling. That's like a sort of local, you know, yeah. huge festival. I'm sure, you've heard of it. So yeah, I'd really like to get on. We've that. never played that one either. No, I've never even attended <laughs> it, which is mad because it's it's you know pretty close, but it's only just got really like been getting bigger 
recently, and now it's like yeah. huge. So that would be good, but we aren't playing that. <laughs> so. But it'd be nice. Well, it, that's <laughs> actually one of the few that neither myself or Jem have done. I mean, we're both ticking off a few new ones this year, but there does seem to be an emergence of little pop-up festivals as well everywhere now. Sadly, sadly we lost a couple last week. I think it was the week before. Uh, but hopefully if we can get some more of these uh, smaller festivals going, I think they'll be be really good and it gives a lot of great opportunities as well. We used to have you know, one called Cock Rock that turned into Northbound around here at Cockermouth. That was a great one for local bands. It was like a, it was like a proper festival. Um but gave the bands around here a bit of an opportunity to experience the bit, the big festival style. Attracted a few decent sized acts, but that's all gone now. It's a shame. We've got Solfest as well. Oh, obviously, yeah. that's like a <clears throat> you know a regular festival around here, local festival. They tend to go for but, yeah. different kinds of acts there, though, don't they? Like you say, regular acts. Yeah, it's quite a it's quite a mixed bag. I mean, last year Ash played last year. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't know. It's got really random. The lineup, you, you look at the lineup and you go, like, who goes this? It's crazy. Like, it's, there's no threads to it at all, which, you know, isn't a bad thing. But I feel like Kendall Collins a bit like that as well. It's like a bit, it's a just, bit of a mix of everything. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, but I suppose that's, you know, the right uh, yeah. of life and all that. And, and I think, you know, the way we were talking about, you know, modern music, the way people consume the music. We let people do listen to just anything now, you know, whereas it maybe used to be more like you were a metalhead or, yeah. but now with, you know, Spotify and that, you can feel like people listen to everything and anything. So can't be a bad thing. No. But... Okay. So just want to say to, obviously to everybody listening, go check out Arguer, go check out Religion of Tomorrow. They are supporting Anke Lane, who were also fantastic. And that is in Salway Hall in Whitehaven on the 1st of July. So, Best of luck with that, guys. Hope you have great sets. Cheers, man. Thanks Thank very much, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I played in Whitehaven, actually, so it should be good. So we hope you enjoyed listening to that chat with Shane and Carl. Don't forget to check both bands out, and if you are in the area at the time of their gig on the 1st of July, make sure you get there early and check those guys out before Anchor Lane. Thank you as always for listening. Don't forget that you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Ready to Mosh Cast and on Facebook, YouTube and TikTok at Ready to Mosh. So give us a like, etc. on there if you're not following us already. And please give us a five star rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We'll be back next week with another episode for you. Make it stop, Moog.